Leaked documents coming out. Nina Yankovic. Oh, Nina. Poor Nina. Sorry, Nina. Weird Nina. We've got leaked documents from what the disinformation governance board would have been. We're going to get into all that huge show today. But first, Turning Point SAS. It comes to my attention that some of you have yet to purchase your tickets for SAS. It's very simple. I'll lay it out again. It's right. The link is just in the description. You go right down. Boom. Click it. You're done. TPUSA.com slash SAS. You're using what? Promo code. What's the promo code? Say it with me now. Promo code POSO. All caps on this one, folks. July 22nd to the 24th. Use promo code POSO. 25% off. Who's going to be there? Everybody's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Charlie Kirk, President Trump, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, Kaylee McEnany, Senator Hawley, Senator Cruz, Greg Gutfeld, Donald Trump Jr., Kat Tim, Jesse Waters, Pete Hegseth, Congressman Byron Daniels, Dr. Ben Carson, Kimberly Guilfoyle, Senator Rick Scott, Congressman Lauren Robert, Congresswoman Kat Kamak, and Congressman Matt Gates. And that's only the names we've announced thus far. Get your tickets now. Reserve your spot. I, and, and don't come to me, by the way, when you're done uh, and tickets are sold out and you say, Poso, you know, I didn't I didn't use the promo code. No, no. You do it now. Don't come to me after. Don't come. When they're gone, they're gone. And by the way, when you're on the site, go donate as little as $1. You get Charlie's new book, Conservative Response to the Great Reset. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is June 10, 2022, Anno Domine. Today's top headlines. Ministry of Truth, new documents leaked, outlining their plans to form a rumor control website. We'll break that all down next. The Jane's Revenge Movement, a new cell, has struck out again at a pro-life pregnancy center in North Carolina. Third, a Disney executive. You remember these guys. This was the one who opposed DeSantis's parental rights bill. He's, ga- he's on. He's ousted. Left the company. Go home. And finally, new court documents implicate Horatio Sands and Jimmy Fallon in a sexual assault case of a 17-year-old SNL fan. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. And then finally, the probably the most important uh, learning from my book is that we cannot counter disinformation when we are using those tactics ourselves. To me, it is not important whether disinformation is coming from outside of our borders or within our borders. And in fact, the use of domestic disinformation and the politicization of the entire concept of disinformation uh, leaves us more vulnerable to these attacks. So Nina Yankovic, she just can't keep our name out of her mouth. And so unfortunately for her, we're going to have to keep talking about her. So here at Human Events Daily, we were credited, of course, with Taylor by Taylor Renz, The Washington Post, and then Nina Yankovic goes on NPR and says, oh, no, Human Events Daily and Jack Posobiec were, were telling the world the truth about what we were up to. Wow, wow, boo-hoo, right? I'm sorry. You lost. And here's why you lost, because your lies caught up with you. Your lies caught up with you about what you were trying to do. We all told the truth. The world found out the truth. And now... We're exposing even more about your lies. Because here's the thing. New documents just coming out. Senator Hawley, Senator Grassley got these from a whistleblower. Remember, when we blew this thing up, and I'm sitting there in the Sistine, about to go into the Sistine Chapel with Tanya Tate, my wife, and we're about to walk in the Sistine Chapel. I get a text message. It's this, oh, WAPO wrote a hit piece on you. So what are they writing about? Apparently, you took down the 
the disinformation control board or disinformation governance board. I said, that's not a hit piece. That's a resume. What are you talking about? I'm going to send this to everybody. Um, and so, and so, you know, Tanya's waiting for me. She said, sweetheart, we've been waiting to go in the Sistine Chapel. I said, hold on a second. I got a tweet at Taylor Lorenz. Um, so we're, we're in the middle of all that, but their response, right. Their response to all of this was that they said it wasn't going to be broad. It wasn't going to be sweeping. It was just going to be a monitoring function. We were really just going to write some reports, very boring, very bland. Okay, let's go through all of this. Because what I see here in these new documents and this new legislative ability of law enforcement, which of course, DHS is a law enforcement entity, right? They have law enforcement powers. They can build cases on you the same way they build these ridiculous cases on people who are walking around on January 6th, who didn't commit any violence, and yet they're being held solitary confinement in disgusting conditions inside a Washington, D.C. prison cell, right? Listen to this, what DHS was up to. Section four of, they were going to put legislation, legislative power behind this. Section four, a rumor control program of the Department of Homeland Security to counter misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation. There is within the center authorized pursuant to section 2209, a public facing website known as rumor control to carry out the functions. In administering the rumor control website, the director shall establish partnerships, that's so nice, partnerships with relevant public and private sector stakeholders, including technology companies that own or operate internet enabled communications platforms, non-governmental and civil society groups, state, local, tribal, and territorial government agencies, and relevant federal agencies, including sector risk management agencies as appropriate. Huh, that's interesting, because it sounds an awful lot like you were trying to create a ministry of truth and we caught you. That's what it exactly sounds like. And let me tell you something why this has resonance with me, because when they say rumor control, right, a rumor control website, rumor control site, why does that matter so much to me? Because that's exactly what the CCP calls their online censorship and online monitoring, rumor control. We are stopping the spread of dangerous rumors for the Chinese people. That's, that is precisely the phrase that the CCP uses. And when I went to Davos, we got detained over there right? I said, this is what the Great Reset is all about, the Great Global Reset, which includes, by the way, a pandemic treaty. They want to institute the CCP model. Their elites and the CCP elites want to run off of the same, it's the same playbook. They're calling it different things, using different names usually, but they just slipped up here. Nina, you slipped up again, Nina. You slipped up again. You just put forward the exact same line as the CCP. And I caught you. I caught you right here. I caught you red handed. But unfortunately, we already caught her and she's out. But the fact of the matter remains, folks, they're going to keep trying to do this. They're going to get smarter. They're going to create something that controls these functions. But guess what? Human Events Daily, myself, and this audience will always be there to monitor you. We are going to watch the watchers. We are going to be the people who defend freedom in our republic and across the entire West. So it's been about a week since we've come home from Europe. My wife and I, we're over there, we're traveling. Now she's from Europe and she's used to the kind of meat that you get over there, the kind of food that you get over there. It's all farm to table, it's all fresh, right? That's all they have, some of these little towns. 
But here in the United States, we have a different system. We've been saying, how do we get this? How do we find it? I said, sweetheart, darling, how do we get the same farm to table quality that we had in Europe here in the United States? And she said, sweetheart, it's easy. It's so simple, darling. You go to goodranchers.com. You use goodranchers.com slash POSO. That's American meat delivered. And you know, the highest quality, the American meat, 100% prime, upper choice, ribeyes, T-bones, New York strips, signature steaks, waggish. I said, sweetheart, you really memorized this very well. She said, I know because I love it so much. The pre-trimmed, the pre-marinated chicken breasts, so delicious, so easy to prepare, steakhouse quality, takes all the guesswork out, boom, right there. They send you the case. You don't have to worry about it. And plus, the best part, ethically raised animals, sustainably sourced. Folks, they do it the right way. It shows in every case. Christ followers, genuine Americans, Good ranchers, American meat delivered. You get your case better than what you get in Europe, better than what you get overseas because it's American. Boom. Goodranchers.com slash POSO. Link, description, you know where to find it. First Communique by Jane's Revenge. This is not a declaration of war. War has been upon us for decades. A war which we did not want and did not provoke. Too long have we been attacked for asking for basic medical care. Too long have we been shot, bombed, and forced into childbirth without consent. This was only a warning. We demand the disbanding of all anti-choice establishments, fake clinics, and violent anti-choice groups within the next 30 days. This is not a mere difference of opinion, as some have framed it. We are literally fighting for our lives. We will not sit still while we are killed and forced into servitude. We have run thin on patience and mercy for those to seek to strip us, of what little autonomy we have left. As you continue to bomb clinics and assassinate doctors with impunity, so too shall we adopt increasingly extreme tactics to maintain freedom over our own bodies. We are forced to adopt the minimum military requirement for a political struggle. Again, this was only a warning. So this story out of the post-millennial, a pro-life pregnancy service clinic in Asheville, North Carolina was vandalized earlier this week with the threat that, that, quote, if abortions aren't safe, neither are you, spray-painted in red in its entrance. Mountain Era Pregnancy Services is a Christian outreach missionary that works with families to honor the life of their child, saying, quote, all lives are precious, valuable, and ordained by God. Not really sure why anybody would want to attack that. Well, the language used by the group that perpetuated the anarchist symbols, no forced birth, pro-abortion slogans on the wall aligns with the language of that of pro-abortion militant group, Jane's Revenge, which I would actually say is more of a movement, right? It's more of a movement. And it mirrors language that was used in a Molotov cocktail attack against a pro-life center in Madison, Wisconsin. So look at this. We're seeing coordinated and decentralized autonomous action movements of anarchists and violent radicals that are perpetuating attacks across the United States. You're seeing the birth. Actually, you're, you're, you're seeing the, the afterbirth, right? Because this is born. This movement is out there. They exist in real life, right? It's Antifa evolved into a new form of this Jane's Revenge movement where they're making specific targets, not only on pro-life centers and family centers, but apparently you've got people that are radicalized on these lines that are even willing to go to the homes of Supreme Court justices with handguns and be planning to kill them, right? Because you just saw that happen earlier this week in Maryland. 
Justice Kavanaugh, where a 26-year-old kid was arrested. He turned himself in. He turned himself in because he got cold feet at the very last minute. But he was dressed in black, had a suitcase, and a backpack, and he was willing to commit some sort of unspeakable act against one of our Supreme Court justices. So understand the radicalization that we are dealing with. When Roe v. Wade is overturned, and it looks like it might happen next week, it's probably going to happen by the end of this month. Groups like this are going to be energized because there's multiple. Here's the state of play, right? Many states across the U.S., they're either going to have laws on the books that allow for abortion or laws on the books that immediately outlaw abortion once Roe v. Wade is overturned. There's also going to be states like, for example, the state of Florida, right? States that have a very strong uh, conservative contingent, very strong liberal contingent, where you're going to have fights over what exactly abortion rights or abortion um, bans will be in that state, right? You have one side um, going up against the other side. The, but the problem is you've now got groups like this that are driving themselves into the public debate and saying, essentially, there can be no debate. They want open abortion for all. They want abortion um, allowed for everybody. They want it to be free. They want it to be government funded. And, and think about this, right? These groups that, that they're attacking, right? The pro-life family centers, um, the Christian outreach missionaries, right? These groups don't actually do anything in the physical space to try to stop people from getting abortions. They might pray for them, but many, in many cases, they operate pro-life family centers. What does that mean? That means for women who might be um, underprivileged, they'll help to pay for any of the testing, uh, any of the care that they need through the pregnancy, and then even help with adoption services. That's who these groups are attacking. That's who Jane's Revenge is attacking. Anyone, because it's not pro-life at the end of the day, or pro-choice. For them, it's about pro-abortion. They want more abortions, and they're willing to use violence and radical means to achieve their ends. And I think both for you know, sexual harassment and also for, um, for gender discrimination in general, I think this is a very important moment. And I think the people who are coming forward are very brave. I think the journalists um, who are investigating and breaking stories are helping the culture. And I think it's going to be better for us as businesses if we reflect the culture and the society that we live in. And I think that means, you know, in all manner of diversity, that our workforces, you know, should reflect who we're serving. Well, power plays and shakeups over at Disney, Disney Inc., because a Disney chairman who had voiced his support, or excuse me, voiced his opposition, I should rather say, for Ron DeSantis and this anti-grooming bill is out from the company. Yes, Peter Rice, a guy who was the chairman of Disney General Entertainment Content, is done. He's out. So he looked over the streaming platforms, Disney Plus, Hulu, Star, the cable, the broadcast networks, right? Super powerful guy with inside Disney. And keep in mind, the way these corporate power politics, it's all Game of Thrones in there because everybody wants to be CEO. Everybody wants to make it to the board. Everybody wants to be, you know, get ahead of the next guy, get ahead of the next gal, all the backstabbing, et cetera, et cetera. So we don't know specifically if it was the fact that he called DeSantis's bill, quote, a violation of fundamental human rights, completely ridiculous, this idea that parents can't have uh, say over how their children are raised and when they're talking about sexualized content 
that it shouldn't be a parent's decision, that it should be a teacher's decision. No way, right? That's all DeSantis was saying. What you're really seeing here is a question of sovereignty, right? That's what the whole fight between Disney and Florida has all been about. So let's, let's zoom out a little bit. For so long, conservatives would say that we should allow business to do whatever they want because business is always right, corporations are always right, and the role of the conservative party should be to limit the size of government and get out the way of business, right? And typically, you know, we do support as conservatives, we do want to support the free, free enterprise, free market, free innovations, right? We, we like those things. We like competition. But then you get to the point where these companies like Disney or companies like Facebook and Twitter and some of that, they become monopolies. They become so powerful that they almost become sovereign unto themselves. And so Disney, look at all the carve-outs Disney's been given by government, the tax breaks that they get in the state of Florida, the copyright legislation that keeps getting extended for characters like, of course, Mickey Mouse, who turned, he's going to turn 100 here. Just look this up. Mickey Mouse is going to be 100 in about uh, six years. There's no copyright laws for anything else that get extended that far. Mickey Mouse should be public domain, and it would be for anybody else. And if conservatives really want to get smart about Disney, if they really want to start bringing Disney to heel, that's one of the things you have to start looking at. The special federal legislation that was extended for Mickey Mouse and other characters as a handout to Disney, right? Because here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. And people say, oh, that's government and getting in and shouldn't conservatives be against that? Hold on, hold on. Disney is the one making themselves a political actor by coming out and supporting or opposing legislation, right? Legislation that has nothing to do, like, you know, they've got legislation that affects like, you know, I don't know, highway in the state of Florida or tax rates and things, something that directly affects their business. Okay, sure, fine, no problem. This doesn't. This is a cultural issue, a political issue, something that, you know, should be decided under one of those that, that what was that thing? I keep forgetting that thing this week. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. The thing where the people come together and debate and then choose and vote and oh, democracy. Right. It was called democracy. Right. Rule of the people. Right. But Disney doesn't want that anymore. So the minute that Disney steps onto the political playing field, Disney becomes a political actor. And if they're going to take a side in politics like that on one of these hot button cultural issues, then guess what? We are going to treat you as a member of the political opposition. So for conservatives out there and, you know, from the new right perspective on this, the new right perspective, I wish we could send like, you know, when your, your cell phone gets a software update and you say, oh, they pushed an update or right? I want to push an update from the new right to all conservatives and just everybody out there. Right. You have to stop looking at these things as neutral. They're not being neutral. Disney is not neutral. They're not neutral anymore. You have to treat them accordingly. It's not the 1980s anymore. So do you remember the, uh, the, the writer's table, the writer's party? It was the last writer's party. I don't think they're allowed to have them anymore. I don't think you could party on 17 anymore because of what happened. Dude, it was what you, what you no. did. Is that me? Yeah. You, <laughs> you, you broke a rib. I broke a rib, but do you know why? <laughs> I think so. Okay, let's explain what we were doing up there. We were letting off a little work steam. Yeah. 
uh, because it was the last week of the show, and we have a writer's party on Wednesday, mm -hmm. right? Or they, I don't know if they still do, but they used yeah. to. And so uh, it was just us and a few friends, and then we just get really, really drunk. Even Tina got drunk, who doesn't really drink. No, yeah. Well, there's a story and a lawsuit that we covered earlier this year. Doesn't seem like it's getting any traction in mainstream media. Never trends on Twitter. Funny how that works. Never trends whatsoever on Twitter when it's talked about. Yet it includes some of the biggest names in comedy, late night comedy, SNL, from the last 20 years. So why is it that no one's talking about this story? Well, a new affidavit was filed by Jane Doe, in this case, in her current lawsuit against Horatio Sands, SNL, and NBC. This is according to TheBlemish.com. It brought out even more details about the then 17-year-old's visits to SNL and parties at SNL where Sands allegedly sexually assaulted her while cast members such as Tina Fey, yeah, Tina Fey, and Rachel Dratch allegedly watched. And you go through this, right? The whole story, to remind everyone of the story, this was in the early days of the internet, in the days of AOL Instant Messenger, you had these things called fan boards and message boards. And so you would go to them and you'd say SNL fans, right? And this, this was the girl who ran the SNL fans fan board. Well, apparently cast members of SNL would also go to the fan boards and then they would find people that were their super fans and they would invite them out to New York, invite them to the parties, bring them to everything, right? This was huge. This says that Jimmy Fallon, a cast member from 98 to 2004, allegedly knew the age of the Jane Doe, saw Sands interacting with her, put her name on the guest list. And this is what she writes in the affidavit. At the party, I sat in a VIP area with Jimmy Fallon, his manager and two fashion designers. We discussed that I was a high school student studying for my SAT exam. Fallon said, so you have a few years before you graduate. I drank Budweiser beer and we shared calamari. I also discussed the SATs and drank with Will Ferrell's friend in front of Will Ferrell, both of whom were seated at the table next to us. Fallon allegedly asked Jane Doe for her phone number so he could meet a girl from her web forum. She then gave him the number written in sparkling lip gloss from Claire's, Claire's Boutique, right? Now, all of this very salacious, but then the question, of course, becomes how do you prove it, right? How do you prove any of this? Do you have anything backing it up? Well, here's the thing. She sent text messages to Horatio Sands years later, reminding him of who she was. Horatio Sands responds and apologizes. Now you've got a potential. Now, that doesn't mean, right, that doesn't mean we do believe in innocent before guilt around here. But the fact that he acknowledged in writing that they did have some kind of relationship and that he, he behaved inappropriately is huge. So what's amazing to me, right, you, you put out allegations about a conservative, it's everywhere. Every name in this a list of comedy. You never see it trend. You never see it anywhere. And it's a direct, direct implication of Horatio Sands, Jimmy Fallon, Tina Fey, Will Ferrell, so many others about underage sexual assault at SNL parties. And so that is it for us this week of Human Events Daily. Remember our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you. Be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us is share this out, guys. Just one, I'm asking you, just one of your normie friends say, hey, 
you know, you, you, you may have not have heard this story about uh, SNL, like, you know, share, share that one out, just share it out with normal friends and then leave us five. star. if you have to leave a four star, leave a four star, but what are you even leaving a four star review for? Come on, go in there. Give us the five. You know, we deserve it. We've been working for it. Come on. What do we talk about today? The Ministry of Truth new documents leaked showing that they were being formed to fight, quote unquote, conspiracy theories and rumors online. Who determines that? They do. Jane's Revenge, a cell struck at a pro-life pregnancy center in North Carolina, according to reports and clues and graffiti found on the scene. The Disney executive who opposed the DeSantis parental rights bill, anti-grooming bill, is out. Send him home. And finally, new court documents implicating Horatio Sands, SNL stars, SNL crew, producers, and Jimmy Fallon in the sexual assault case of a 17-year-old fan. Huge stories this week, closing it out on a strong note. Just a massive week, really, really massive week for everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting us. But before we go, it's time for today's history break. On this day, June 10th, 1752, Anno Domini, Benjamin Franklin, one of our founding fathers, someone who helped draft the Declaration, our Constitution, was said to have flown a kite during a thunderstorm to collect electrical charge in a Leyden jar. He tied a key to the kite, the kite string, struck by lightning, went through the key as the conduit into the jar. Imagine what life was like prior to electricity and the fact that we had people like Ben Franklin who were able to crack this open and give us the power of electricity today. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.